welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right, we are focusing three weeks on a family, and uh, there's so much here. Uh, we could do a 12-week series and barely even scratch the surface, but uh, I'm so grateful for the life groups that we have that uh, address different areas of family. I'm grateful for all the resources that are available right now, media, just so many different things that we have, and I just want to say that uh, if you're not taking advantage of it, take advantage of all those resources and, and utilize everything that the church offers to, to, to build your family. Now, today we're going to look at the importance of family because it is under attack. Next week, we're going to look at no perfect family. So we're going to talk to parents. And then week three, we're going to talk about extended families and look at uh, the, the church as a family, look at singles within the family dynamic and say, what is the spiritual family that you're part of? And so uh, I want to let you know that I worked with Ted Cunningham on this. Uh, he and I back and forth the last two weeks. And uh, I just said to him, I, I almost should show the video, Ted. If I tell him I worked with you, they're going to think it's going to be really funny. So disclaimer, it's not as funny as Ted Cunningham. That guy is really funny. But uh, I use stuff with him and also with Robert Morris. And I just want to encourage you, get Ted's resources. Anything that Ted is doing, he really is growing as the, the expert on parenting, marriage, family. So anything that Ted's doing, we are in support of. Now, um, I want to let you know that it's, it's so important that we understand a biblical family, godly family, uh, and what we're talking about here. Uh, the family is under attack. Some would call it the nuclear family. I would call it the biblical family, the godly family, that God has a husband and a wife, and then they have children. That's a family, nuclear family, which is what people call it in America. But the family is under attack. I grew up and I never thought that the family would be under attack. It was just assumed. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like it was just family. It was just, wasn't that you ever had to worry. What, what were you worried about? Like what's a thruple? And if you don't know, that's three people now in a, in a marriage. It's not a marriage, but they, it's something that's going on right now. Thruple. And you have to like counsel people on this. And, and you're, they're saying we're, we have a family and they're doing a ceremony for a thruple. Uh, I never grew up thinking like I'd have to counsel people. Like what are we going to do if somebody wants to marry a robot. You know, the people are marrying robots. I mean, I, I just the, the, the family is under attack. The, we have people that are saying we're going to live in a chosen family, not a biblical family. Never even had to worry about, is that a chosen family? It's under attack. There were not even groups that would have statements that would say that they want to disrupt the nuclear family. That didn't exist. It was just assumed. And, and, and you saw the disintegration happening, but now all those things that I mentioned and more are happening and the family is under attack. There's so much attack on family. People will come in and they'll counsel, they'll ask us like, should we even have kids? They'll come in, they're like, we're just wondering, should we have kids in today's day and age because the, there's, there's so much attack on the family? This is very real, it happens quite often. And I just wanna to say to anybody that's thinking that, Yes, it's okay to have kids. God will take care of you. God will bless that. God will get us through this moment. Have kids, be fruitful and multiply. All right? Somebody just got a breakthrough there. Amen. All right. The family was started by God. It's, it's his design. 
And the creation story gives us the account that Adam was created and he was alone. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God says, I'm not going to have the man alone. I'm going to make a suitable helper. And in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God designed the family. And he starts with a husband and a wife. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply. Have children. And every new family started this way in God's design. And that's where we see the scripture and the statement, leave and cleave. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united or cleaves to his wife and they become one flesh. God created the family. God created this. And before there were nations, Before there was the church, before there were government structures, there was the family. And the devil started attacking it because he hated the family. And he's been attacking it ever since it was designed, attacking Adam and Eve, attacking Cain and Abel. And the attack has been on the family, and it's just intensified in today's day and age. Kurt Bruner in Thriving Family Magazine said this. He said, God designed the family. And he said, we get a a glimpse of God as creation artists. We get a a, a glimpse of him as a creation artist making another masterpiece, the family. And he said, we know artists by their most uh, important works. He said, we know Michelangelo by the Sistine Chapel. We know Beethoven by the Fifth Symphony. We know George Lucas by Star Wars. He said, each masterpiece reveals something about the creator and the family reveals something about our creator God. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. And, and so some of you say, well, if, if the family is supposed to be a masterpiece, I don't think so. My family looks like a first grade work of art. How many know? Like, like it doesn't look that good. My family does not look that good. It looks like a first grade. And uh, I don't know, but don't raise your hand if you did this. But how many know when your kids would bring home something, you put that one on the fridge and throw the other one in the garbage and you're gonna, you just, don't, don't tell your kids you did that. All right. But God, God's not done painting. God's not done painting the masterpiece that he has for your family. Now, the devil has been attacking the family, and he's, he's sophisticated, he's patient, he's disciplined, and he's lethal, okay? And I don't believe that it's an accident. As I was studying for this, I recognized that the armor of God, if you don't know where that is, that's found in Ephesians chapter 6. The armor of God is found in Ephesians chapter 6, and it's right after... Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 5, he's writing about the family. Uh, It's really the husbands, wives, children. He's writing about that. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think he's talking about this is the order for the family in Ephesians 5. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit inspires him. And by the way, put on the full armor. Stand against the attacks. The enemy's going to attack your family. And you need the armor of God to defend your family from the attacks. You do. Now, 
There have been internal attacks that happen in your mind, and you've got to take authority over them, like 2 Corinthians 10 talks about, take every thought captive. But there are attacks against your family, and these are attacks, and you have to understand they're internal, and they, they happen in your mind, and it says, I'm unhappy in my family. I want out, and I want to be happy. I'm entitled to a better family. I deserve better than this. I want out. We're incompatible. There's a better fit for me. I'm out. This, this, no one should have to put up with this conflict. I'm out. Uh, I, I, I just, I need to find myself. And you have all, I'm leaving my family. I got to find myself. These are all internal attacks. And you have to take those thoughts captive because they are there to destroy your family. But there's external attacks and there's things. And I'll look at a few of these external attacks that are happening. And, and one that was unexpected, COVID actually became an external attack upon the family. At first, how many know COVID was kind of like a blessing to the family? You're like, we're home, we're together, we're all locked in. Isn't this awesome? We're all together and, and we're having family meals. I mean, a couple, like last year, year and a half ago, you had to put the phone in a lockbox to have a, a meal together. Now you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. And how many know after a while, you were together too much? How many know? I, I love that video. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a guy, and it was, it was during lockdown, and I, I just, this announcer, and he goes, this guy's on the video, and he goes, you have two choices during lockdown. A, do you lock down with your wife and your children, or B? And he goes, B. He doesn't even know what it is. He's like, B, 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 I'll take B. Get me out of here. You know, I watched that thing 20 times. I laughed every time. But there were, there were blessings that were there. We spent the time, but all of a sudden, there were attacks. There was fear. There was money issues. There was stress that was going on. There was a pressure. There was political unrest. There was racial unrest. All this is happening during the COVID time, and it became an attack on the family. And a lot of people started doing really stupid things because of this external pressure and losing the thing that they love the most because of this pressure that they weren't ready to face. I'll never forget Sam Chand. He's my coach. He, he's preached here before. During this time, I had one of my Zoom meetings with him, and he said, what are you doing that's stupid? And I said, what do you mean? He said, what has COVID pressure caused you to do that's stupid? And I was like, give me some choices. You know, like, what, what should I be saying? He goes, well, people are falling for drugs, for alcohol, pornography, sex. What are you doing that's stupid? I said, I'm good. I, I'm not doing any of those things. He's like, good. I'm just checking on you because the pressure of COVID is causing people to do stupid things and lose the things they love the most. It was a pressure that was out there. Aren't you glad I got somebody in my life to ask me those questions? You should have somebody like that too, that asks you those questions. But it was pressure, and people were losing their family and saying, I don't want to be in this anymore. But apart from that, there were other blatant attacks, external attacks. They're, they're subtle, and they're just blatant. They're just, they're subtle ones, and there's, I'll give you a subtle one. There's a, a subtle attack right now. It's called um, luxury beliefs. All right, track with me on this. You're going to have to follow me. Rob Henderson wrote an article about luxury beliefs, and he said the rich used to distinguish themselves from poor people by the things they would own. They would own clothes or purses or cars that the common people couldn't own, and you knew they were rich. Now luxury items are being purchased by so many people, they need a new way to distinguish themselves from everyone else. So they have luxury beliefs, and they score social acceptance by saying things like this. 
It doesn't matter what your family is. Any family's fine. All families are equal. I'm so progressive and great. See, and then everybody says, oh, good for you. Good for you. You're so progressive. It's like a luxury belief. Now, here's the twist to it. Most of those people that are telling you, be free, do whatever you want, all families are equal, live in the traditional nuclear family. And they're doing this over here because they've shown rich people are still just as married as they were back in the 60s. Poor people and working class people are, are living in other arrangements, divorcing, live in, doing all this. And you know what's happening? The gap is getting bigger and bigger between the rich and the poor. They're still living the way that God designed it and telling you, be free, be free. And, and they get all this, oh, you're so progressive. And the whole time they're being progressive, they're destroying other people. It's really sad that this is happening. The, and, and if that's, there's more. I mean, the Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine said that the nuclear family was a mistake. That's like saying God's design for the family was a mistake. This is just written. He said, it's time to end the illusion and go for vogue chosen families. That just means whoever we want to be the family can be the family. It doesn't matter if we're related. We're kin- it doesn't matter. We just put a group together and we call it family. And that is leading to the destruction of everything that's stable, everything that's good about the family. And that's an attack from the devil on the family. And I just, I just want to say this. If you feel right now, here at all of our campuses or watching online, um, if you feel right now, right now, that your family is under attack and you want prayer, like there's something going on. You don't have to say what it is, but you just want prayer for your family right now. There are so many attacks that are coming, but you would say right now, this is the thing that is on our mind. It keeps us up at night. We're crying. We're losing sleep over this. this is, but we're under attack and you want prayer for your family. Would you raise your hand right now in this room? Right now. And if you're online, you can put in the chat. That's me. That's me. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. If you know the people next to you, if you know them, put a hand on their shoulder. If you don't know them, just put a hand in their direction saying, I'm agreeing in prayer for your family. Lord, we just pray right now for those that have their hands up that their family is under attack. The design is from you. Your design is too good. And so, God, we stand with these people and we we pray for breakthrough. We pray for drug addictions to end. We pray for bad influences on their family to be taken out. We pray for relationships to end. We pray for whatever it is that they're looking for, the attack that's going on. We pray for the breakthrough and we stand with them and we say, you're not done ministering to them. You're, You're not weak. You can take care of this. You're strong enough. Increase their faith and realize that they are not alone. They are not alone. We're standing with them and believing for breakthrough. We're believing for wayward children to come back. We're believing for addicted people to be set free. We're believing for breakthrough in Jesus' name in their family. And we all agree by saying amen and amen. If you agree with that prayer, let's give God a clap and say, we stand with your family. We've all been there. We've all been there. Now, God's design for family is so good. We, we strive for it. We defend it. We model it. And I want to give one just um, note here. I know some people are in a situation where you're not living in that. If you can remedy that, like I had a couple, they were like, we're living together. And, we're, and they said, we want to fix that. I said, praise God, we'll do the wedding. They said, how soon? I said, we're free Thursday. You know, Pastor Kirk will do it. All right, somebody will do it. We'll get you out. We'll, we'll get you married. You might get the kids, Pastor, but we're going to get you married. Let's go. You know, some of you can remedy those things. Others, you're like, I can't, I can't. Wherever you cannot remedy this and you cannot 
get it in alignment, I believe this, God and the church will fill in gaps for you. God and the church fill in gaps for you. But we're never going to stop modeling this, promoting this. God's design for family is so important, and he has so many purposes. There's, I'll list just a few. First of all, it's for procreation and protecting children. God's designed for family, beautiful thing. We're all here because of procreation, all right? In, in Genesis 1:28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. All right, so there's a blessing that's there. God says, in the family, it's a blessing to have children. It's a blessing to be fruitful. And, and it says, first he blesses them, then he says, have kids. Have kids, so it's for procreation, but it's also the best way to protect children. Children are vulnerable, and in God's design, the way that he's designed it, in the way a husband and a wife, in a family, with children, that protects children. Whenever you change that arrangement, you have a chosen family, a, a, a robot family, whatever you, whenever you change it up and do it up, you know what happens? Children become vulnerable. Survey after survey, stat after stat shows that children living in homes that are some arrangement or non-biological and this and all these things, it starts to make them vulnerable. Half the families that get divorced go into poverty because we're breaking this up and all of a sudden these children are vulnerable. We see this over and over again. 154 patients were checked in to the Lincoln Prairie Behavior Center only 11% of them came from intact families. Only 11% from intact. The rest were from families that were disrupted and broken up and arranged. Do you understand? You protect children in a God-designed family. It's undeniable. Study after study says that it's the best way to do it. Even if they don't love God, it's the best way to protect children. Now, it has additional purposes because it models spiritual things. It, it, it models, models supernatural things. First of all, it models God on earth. You say, how does it? God said, let us make man in our image, male and female. He didn't say, let us make a man, a guy. That's the, he said, let us make man in our image, mankind, male, female. And when, when we're together in a family, we model the image of God. You're like, wait a minute. I thought it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, Robert Morris did this illustration. I thought it was so good. Three in one, three in one. Okay, but here's the thing about marriage. Marriage is a husband, a husband, a wife, and God. The three of them, three in one. A, mar- a real marriage is a husband, a wife, and God as part three in one. And you represent God's image on this earth. That's why the devil hates it so much because he's like, that looks like God's image. And that's why he attacks it. He said, I want to tear it down. I tell couples all the time, they're like, how can we get together? How can we get closer? How can we help our marriage? And I'm like, see it as husband, wife, and God. And the closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to one another. Start listening to what the Holy Spirit's speaking. Start moving closer to God, and you'll get closer to one another. Marriage is that. It also represents how much Christ loves the church. It's like a living illustration. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is a living illustration. 
People should be able to see how much Christ loves the church by the way husbands love their wives. They should be able to see how much the church loves Jesus by the way women love their husbands. You understand? It's a living illustration. Now, let me just talk to the men here because I feel the liberty to talk to them. Men, how are we doing on the living illustration? If people looked at us would say, you know what? The way you love your wife, I just want to know why. Like, well, it's a representative of how Jesus loves. Jesus loves people that much? Or do they say, like, well, I didn't think he loved me at all, you know? How would he say? I, I was so convicted. The other day I was um, golfing with this guy. We were in Florida and it was in the winter. And, and I just remember I met him. I'd never met him before. And uh, he was a pastor. And, and uh, I said, man, I'm so glad I'm not shoveling. He's like, I'm so glad I'm golfing today. I got to get out. I said, oh, you, your wife gave you permission? He said, no, I actually got help today with my wife so I could get out. I said, what do you mean? And he said, oh, he said, 20 years ago, my wife had a stroke and she depends on me for everything. He said, everything. He said, I've been taking care of her. He goes, I get her up, I bathe her, I dress her, I feed her, everything. He said, there's been no intimacy for 20 years. He said, but I take care of her because I love her and I made a vow. And he goes, I just, I just love her like Christ loves the church. And I was like, if anybody wants to know how Christ loves the church, talk to the guy I golf with, not me, talk to him. I was like, man. And the whole time I'm thinking that, that he, said, he, said, but, he said, but I made a vow. I made a vow for better, for worse, richer, for poorer. And he's like, I'm just living it out. And I, I was in, because it's a living illustration. It's a living illustration. It also models covenant, which we don't have time to, it's not a contract, it models covenant. Do you understand why the devil wants to tear it down so much? All right, let me give you some practical ways to fight for your family. I, I, I always love this about our church. Try to give practical ways to fight for your family. Number one, be the gatekeeper. Husbands and wives, be the gatekeeper of your home. Both of you, be the gatekeepers. Don't let anything in the gate that will attack your family. I'll never forget this. When I went on the tour to Israel and we came upon some of the ancient cities, they said, this is where the gates would be. And leading up to the gates were a zigzag path of like walls and you had to walk through the zigzag and I realized man they slowed the enemy down it wasn't a straight shot at the gate you know like running with a battery if you did that you had to go zig 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 and then you finally got a little short turn to the gate so you couldn't ram at the gate I thought they're, they're trying to keep things outside the city do we, do we do that with our families and say outside the home uh, it, it's so complex now like when I was growing up, I'm going to date myself, put myself in an era. I had tapes. How many had tapes? You had tapes that you had. And my mom would find a tape. Where did this tape of kiss come from? And she'd take that and she'd start pulling that tape out. And I'd be like, there's no way saving that. No way. And then she'd throw it in the garbage. That's not going to be in our house. And everything was print. If they found a book they didn't like, a magazine, a tape, they found. Now it's all ones and zeros. It's way harder, way harder. They're holding in their hand things you'd never let in your house. You better become a forensic digital expert. I'm just saying, have some software programs, do something because you have to protect what comes into your home. Be the gatekeeper. I'll never forget, it still bothers me to this day and I'll share a vulnerable moment. I'm the gatekeeper in our home. My wife is the gatekeeper. And we were at like a community event. I think it was like a fire chili feed thing or something like that. I don't know, but it was not a church thing. It was a community thing. And the boys won a prize. They got to pick a prize. 
And they, they said, oh, you win a prize. And they, they give them the prize. They give them a poster. I open up the poster. It's a poster of Elizabeth Hurley in a swimsuit. And I was like, oh, that's not going up on your wall, you know. <laughs> All right. So then I thought I'd play a joke, right, on Becca. So I thought, I'll go home. I'll bring the poster. I'll say, hey, the boys won this. They wanted to know if they could have. I was just going to play a joke. Knew it was going in the garbage, but I just want to play a joke. So as I'm playing this joke, I put it on the table. I said, oh, Becca, they won this poster. They want to know if they can hang it up. And they really didn't, you know, but I was playing a joke. And she opens it up. She's like, are you kidding me? And as she does that, Logan runs over there and goes, look. And he points right at her cleavage and does it as as an elementary school kid. I was mortified. My joke. I allowed something in my home as a joke. I wasn't the gatekeeper even in a joke. And I was mortified that I put that in front of my kids even as a joke. You're the gatekeeper. You're the gatekeeper. Protect your family. Another thing is realize you are living the illustration in front of people. Now, don't be fake. Be aware. Don't be like, come on, kids, act up. You know, pretend. We're Christians. You know, don't do that. We're the living illustration. Stop it. You You know, I mean... Be aware, don't be fake. Let me let you into my world for just a second. A lot of people know who we are as pastors, authors, different things. You know, we were checking in for a flight in another state, and the flight attendant, you know, at the check-in counter, she goes, I used to work for you. I was like, really? She goes, yeah, when you had a daycare 20 years ago, I worked at River Valley. I was like, you got to be kidding me. She's in another state. She knew us. I was getting the car parked at a hotel in Alabama, and the guy goes, Hey, Pastor Rob, I go, how do you know? He goes, I, I, I auditioned for your church worship team years ago, and then I moved to Alabama. That's our world. You just have to be aware. I was kind of like in a plane, and I was complaining about my seat, and I was just about to blow a gasket, and the pilot comes out of the door. He's like, hey, Pastor Rob. I'm like, hey, I love my seat. <laughs> it's all good. Perfectly love it. And he's like, can I get a picture with you? I'm like, sure. Uh, so I have to be aware, Okay. You have to be aware. You are a living illustration of how much Christ loves the church, man. You are a living illustration of how much the church loves Jesus. You are an example to this world. They ought to look at your family and say, why is your family loving Jesus so much and living like this? And we, we just, we are so drawn in. We're drawn in. And we want to know what it is. And they'd ask you about it. And then you can tell them, not because we're great, because we're great disciplinary, but you know what? We're trying to live a godly family. We understand that we're a living illustration. And be a witness. Understand you are living the illustration. Two more quick things. Invest in your family. Invest in your family. Resources, life groups, take the trip, get the counseling. What was the last book you read to be a better parent? I'll tell you one that just hit me is, is like, because I've read plenty of them, but someday I'm going to be a grandparent. No pressure on my kids. No pressure. All right. All right. But someday I'm going to be a grandparent. Becca's be a grandma. Okay. I've never read a book on grandparenting. I have no clue. Everybody's like, you're going to love it. You're going to be, thank God you didn't kill your kids. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right. I have no clue. All right. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go into it unprepared. I'm going to read. I'm going to ask somebody that has multiple grandchildren, will you tell me some of the secrets, some of the things you did? What's a, what, I, want to, I want to be prepared for that season. You need to invest in husband, wife, dad, mom. You understand? Invest in it. Take advantage. Matter of fact, we've got the handout there. Uh, you should be able to get it. You can get it at rivervalley.org family. You can get the handout. We've got a place for you to have your mission statement and to work up questions. We also have a place for you to be able to have prayer, which I'll talk about that. Um, 
The last one I'll give you as a way to fight for your family is pray over them and have that, that card. If you, if you don't have one, you can get one on your way out. You can get it online. But you pray over your family. You pray for them. You pray with them. You pray over them. You, you pray for your family and you fight for your family. If you have a tough situation, enlist a prayer warrior. Go to somebody who you know prays a lot and say, we got a tough situation. You know, our third child, you know, we got, we got to need some extra prayer. We get, get a prayer warrior involved in this to pray. You pray for them. You, you, you pray these things. And I tell you what, we pray these virtues like Sunday the 11th, pray faithfulness. Faithfulness. You say, God, I pray that our family would be faithful, that I would be faithful, I would live in faithfulness, that my wife would live in faith, that our children would. If you're not praying over your kids, who is? If you're not praying over your family, who is? Fight for your family. It's God's design, and you need to fight for it. We're going to live this out. We're going to live this out, and we're going to say, God, continue to work on the masterpiece, which is our family. Now, I want to close with this thought. I think you've all seen artists that paint and they paint a, a painting, and you're, you're looking at it, you're trying to figure out, what is that? And it doesn't make sense, looks ugly, it just, you just can't figure it out, and they're like those speed painters, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, at the end, they like flip it over, and they add one more stroke, and everything makes sense, and it looks beautiful, and you're like, I'd buy that thing. Moments before, you're like, I don't have a clue, and then you're like, I'd buy that. Why? Because it was flipped, and it had one more final stroke put on it, and all of a sudden, it's amazing. God's not done painting on your family. There's a flip coming, there's a final stroke, and he's going to make it look beautiful. And I want you to have the faith to believe that. God wants to make your family beautiful. So God, I just pray right now you'd flip the picture, you'd add the stroke, you'd do whatever you needed to do to the family because it's a masterpiece. It's a beautiful thing. It reflects upon how amazing you are and how good you are. And so God, we just pray right now for families again. We pray that all of us would just have the faith to believe you're not done painting. We put the paintbrush back into your hand. We say, paint away, change, move, adapt, add a color, do whatever you want to do, and then flip it around so it makes sense to us in the world. But God, we thank you for the beauty of family. We will defend the way you design family in a world that is attacking it. And we know that there'll be attacks, but we will defend it and we'll try to live out to the world the living spiritual illustrations that we have been called to live out. Now, blessing upon those families. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. and amen.